Although I'm a doctor by profession, I'm not your doctor. All content and information on this podcast and on our website is for informational and educational purposes and does not constitute medical advice and does not establish any kind of patient-client relationship by use of our site. Although we strive to present accurate information, the podcast and website are not a substitute for your healthcare provider. Always consult a healthcare professional who knows your particular needs and circumstances before making any health-related decisions. Also, there are curse words that are unedited and graphic descriptions of bodies, bodily fluids, and other real-life scenarios that might make some listeners uncomfortable. I'm Dr. Suzanne Ciotti. And I'm Becca Hammer. Welcome to the Perimena Podcast. Topic of the day, herbals and over-the-counter supplements. Yeah, so today, instead of talking about a symptom of perimenopause, we're going to do part three of a mini-series and discuss treatment options. Because there's a lot of options out there, we decided to break them down into standard prescriptions, compounded hormones, over-the-counter and herbal options, and then finally, we're going to do the, quote, alternative therapy. Yes, that's right, the acupuncture episode. But today, we're going to focus on, I know, uh, herbals and over-the-counter, because there's a lot happening on that front and a lot of options for women in perimenopause. So these are absolutely those options that you can try while you're waiting for an appointment with your provider, because they do not require a prescription. Yeah, exactly. We'll also, we'll also talk briefly about other supplements that are useful to just good health in general because they support your microbiome and your immune system as well as ensure you have the nutrition you need while your body is adjusting to these all these changes in men- menopause and beyond menopause. And I have to admit, I have a special fondness for herbal options and I tend to reach for them often in my personal life. Well, you know, I always thought you were a little crunchy. I always thought you were a little (laughs) crunchy. So yeah, that does not surprise me at all. But is there another reason besides your your whole Western Colorado granola crunchy vibe? That's right. I mean, I was wearing Birkenstocks back in the 80s. So yes, we do know I have a little hippiness in me. Uh, And very early in my training in biochemistry, mind you, so this is science, I learned that plants make very clean chemicals uh, or medicines because they make them through enzymatic processes rather than mixing chemicals in a test tube like a lab would. And and what makes them clean is that they are uh, like phytoestrogens is that they are stereoisomers, just one type of a stereoisomer rather than two different isomers that like what we would make in a lab or a test tube. All right, little Miss Biochemistry, you're way the hell over my head. So let's just (laughs) stop the train and talk about stereoisomers. (laughs) Isn't this fascinating? This is so fascinating to the the biochemist in me. So a stereoisomer is like, look at your hands. So okay. Okay. if you look at them, right, and you both you have your palms up, they're the thumbs pointing exactly the ro- different directions, right? Mm-hmm. Even though yeah. palms are up, so they're not exactly the same. They're they're actually mirror images of each other. And enzymes in your body, which is what your body uses for all of its metabolism and to absorb food and everything, they use only one of those isomers. Okay. So my so, body is only going to use, say, my right hand. Yep, your body will only use the chemical that's right-handed, for instance. That so that means that those the plant-made chemicals are a stereoisomer. Say they're always right-handed, and we even call them right and left-handed isomers in <gasps> oh chemistry. My God. Yeah, yeah. Your bodies will use only the right-handed stereoisomer, whereas when we make those chemicals in a lab. There, you'll have, you'll be ingesting two different stereoisomers, the right and left hand, but only your body will use only the right hand. So that plants are unique in that they're able to do that by enzymatic processes like that. And then we're going to talk more about this later, I think, because we don't want to give you too much science all up front, but plants also have a lot of minerals like magnesium that are coenzymes. So they 
They work in metabolic processes in our body to make them work more effectively. So treatments taken this way, like as the herbs we consume, they might be a little more potent with fewer side effects for some, for some conditions that we might be looking for. So remember that there's a lot of evidence. Humans, we've been using herbals for thousands of years to help with ailments. A lot of exactly. people still use them. Well, and come on, let's just let's just admit that in the Western world, you know, there is money, <coughs> pharma, that, yeah. you know, <laughs> would rather have you taking a prescription for hundreds of dollars than taking an herb for hundreds of cents. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's so, so true. Uh, and it's it, good to know that maybe you have some options if you're not able to get to a provider right away. You know, you want to try something that's a little more natural. Uh, it's great to know that you can still go to uh, like your pharmacy or to a drugstore and pick up an herbal and give it a try. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and or, you know, I mean, come on. I know that it's like until you get to your provider, which I appreciate, but there there's I know we've got listeners who are just like, nope, you ain't putting that poison in me. And mm-hmm. and they just want the herbal option. And that's totally okay too. You get to this is this is your uh this is your party. You get to play any way you want. Exactly. Right. And you know, I hate to say it, but unfortunately, in our allopathic medical school training here in the United States, we're not we don't learn the benefits of herbs for treating patients. We just learn that there might be some side effects, interactions involving herbs. So there, this might not be something that your provider, who's an MD or even a DO, they may not be aware of these options. It's it's still important for you to let them know that you're taking these herbals because Why? they could interfere. They might interfere with some of your other medications that you're taking or they may have some side effects that be give, might be giving you symptoms that you'd be complaining about to your provider. So, uh, for instance, like St. John's wort, it's uh, it's enough of a serotonin-like agent that it actually might cause your antidepressant to be more potent. Uh, another one, magnesium, we talk about this a little bit more. If you take it as a supplement at higher doses, it might give you diarrhea. So if you prefer okay. using herbals you know, or supplements during this transition through menopause and you really want to consult the advice of a, a specialist, you could try to find an MD like me who does know about them, but there's not a lot of us out there. A naturopathic physician, though, would be someone who is trained on herbal options. Naturopathic. Uh, that, what am I right. looking for there? Give so me some letters. I know you like the letters. I, know I love like me the some letters. letters. So ND, naturopathic doctor. So, And they're actually trained and licensed in the United States. So. Okay. And, and I would find one of those by um, because they would be associated with my regular GP practice? Maybe not, unless you have an integrated healthcare uh, clinic that you're working with that has MDs and NDs. It might be something that you'd have to either they'll have their own office or they may have a kind of a more might considered a holistic practice. Okay, and work okay. with acupuncturists and uh, midwives <gasps> or something like that. Five dollars. We got the word acupuncturist then. Yes. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So before we even dive into this whole herb thing, which I think again is this is a critically important uh, episode to have, but one of the things that always worries me about herbs is so since the some of the reading that I do because herbal herbs, herbal remedies, or whatever are not quote well regulated mm-hmm. by the FDA, the Food and Drug right. Administration. Um, right. so, so I read a horrifying article that said they, they grabbed like 10 different bottles of say magnesium off the shelf or whatever it was, tested them all. And the, the quote purity of the herb went from very, very high to practically nothing. And right. so what am I supposed to do as a consumer to try to understand if I'm getting what I think I'm buying? It's a good idea to use a reputable uh, company like Pharmax is a very good company for herbals. Another thing to look for on a just a standard bottle is 
in the back when you're looking at the the herbs and the milligram dose that's provided in each capsule, it'll say that it's a standardized extract. So that's usually a, a good way of knowing that that's the actual milligrams of the herbal that you're getting. And then you also want to just make sure that it's not the what you're looking for, like black cohosh plus a bunch of other things, because it might be that you only have a smaller amount of the black cohosh and more um, like a like a flaxseed meal or something like that. So oh, okay. you want to so- kind of look at your ingredients on the back of the label and look for standardized extract. So so two things that I'm looking for, the word standardized extract when it comes to the mm-hmm. ingredients. And then I'm also looking at that label to make sure that if I'm taking kava kava, that it's just kava kava. And it's not right. kava kava plus this and plus this and plus this and plus this and plus mm-hmm. this. Because then right. by the time it's all said and done, I'm down to a very small amount of kava kava. Is that right? Right. Okay. So yeah, unless you so intend to take two things at once... You know, right. which is fine. If you intended to take uh, uh, an herb plus B12, great. If you don't want to, right. make sure that the, the formulation you're getting is as singular as you can get. Right, because you want to know that, okay, well, here I have these terrible hot flashes, and I'm and I'm interested in maybe trying black OS and chase tree berry, but you, you're not sure which one's going to be better for you. If you do them both at the same time, you're not going to know what it was that helped you. So if you do mm. one at a time, then you get a better idea. It may be that in the long run, you have to layer the two together, but rather than be on a, a supplement that has maybe six different things and you're really not sure what it was that helped you the most, it's better to just stick with the one herb when you're starting out and try to keep it clean unless you're trying to take both. Okay. So well, let's dive in. Let's let's talk yeah. about some of these herby herbs. Yeah. So one of the ones that I think is probably used the most uh, is black cohosh. It's extremely effective for uh, full menopause and very very effective for controlling hot flashes. And the typical dosing range is about a hundred to four hundred milligrams daily. You could take that in divided doses, which is generally a great way to take it. What do you uh, mean? Depending on well, so you dose? can. Oh yeah. So you can take it like once a day is, is not a divided dose. If you're taking it three times a day, that's considered a divided dose. So it's the amount that you take divided up into the day. Your typical dosing range total for the day would be hundred to 400 milligrams. You could take that as two 200 milligram pills, uh, or you could take it as a hundred milligram three times a day. And that would be a divided dose rather than take one time a day, which is just a single dose. Okay. So, it, and the reason you do that is because, because herbals don't work, they're not in a, usually in a form where they're excreted slowly. It might be that you notice that you have relief of hot flashes for like five hours after taking your black cohosh, but it kind of goes away after five hours, in which case maybe you'd need to, it'd be better for you to take it divided doses, so once in the morning and once in the afternoon, uh, and try to get like 400 milligrams, 200 milligrams, and 200 milligrams um, of black cohosh. So there's different ways of taking it. We generally think the more often you try to take something during the day, the more often you're likely to forget one of those doses. (laughs) I've often wondered, who are these people who can take three and four things a day? You walk around like a little junkie with your pills, you know, like, oh, what time is it? It's been four hours. More pills. Four hours. More pills. (laughs) Always going off on the phone, isn't it? (laughs) When you're trying to do something like that. I always pat myself on the back that I could do once when I wake up and once when I go to bed. That's, <laughs> right. Yeah. Unfortunately, once... that's the that's the uh, width of my uh, right my bandwidth <laughs> right. for taking pills. Right. Right. Exactly. That's so true. Black cohosh is the one herbal that's really a lot like estrogen, and we. It's funny we call those phytoestrogens, which means phyto is is plant based, and estrogen, you know, is estrogen. Uh, so because of this, that patients who have a personal or family history of breast cancer may mm-hmm. be advised not to take black cohosh. So uh, it might be something that you'd need to avoid. 
And then the length of time to take it, uh, oftentimes it's just something that needs to be taken that first one to two years, because that's like we talked about in the hot flash episode, when more people have hot flashes is concentrated in that first year, especially. Mm -hmm. uh, it might also help some other symptoms like night sweats, brain fog, sleep, and some of the vaginal dryness that you can get as you get through menopause. So black cohosh so, is really a mimicker of estrogen, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good one. It's a very, very good one. Uh, and sometimes I'll have people are considering estrogen. I'm like, if you're really worried about side effects and you just want to see of, of estrogen and you just want to something that can control hot flashes, but you don't want to take like a blood pressure medicine, why don't you try black cohosh and see if it works? And it, it's, it commonly does help. So it's a, it's a really good one to try. Another one, another option is chase tree berry. So this one is a phytoprogesterone. So it's a plant type of progesterone. Uh, so it's a lot like that. One of those, those hormones we make when we're cycling, uh, and it might help women with uh, early menopause. So even those women with the you know symptoms that ten years prior to their last period, when you're having all kinds of like a like PMS like <laughs> symptoms and sleep issues and irritability, heavy periods. Uh, so it's a common OTC brand uh, that that we'll use. It's called Vitex OTC because it's a very over the over counter. the counter, right? Yes, Crazy thank doctors. you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I we love abbreviations. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, it's thought that it might even help with fertility. So. Um, so that's one. Don't of make those. promises, it's kind girl. Of, Don't make right, promises. Right, right, right. Any, anybody uh, who's listened to this podcast is so far away uh, from wanting fertility. Right. Okay. That's <laughs> They're gonna right. run the hell true, away true, from true. Chase Tree Berry. Right. Maybe you will. <laughs> the word chaste is in true. there, and it's C H A S T E, like chaste. Yes. Not, not give me some fertility. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that the daily dose for that one is typically 20 to 40 milligrams. So, um, so that, that one, it could be an option. Another one I really love is Wait. evening primrose oil. Oh, and, and Suzanne, hold on. So, um, one thing to note as always, every single one of these herbs every single one of these dosages every single one of these uh symptoms that it uh treats is going to be on the website okay don't, okay don't yeah. run around writing these down go to the website all of what we're saying is going to be right there for your easy reference so yeah. put your pen and paper down put your phone down pay attention to the road okay perfect <laughs> yes right <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so our next one, evening primrose oil, it even has a nice name, I think. So it I just want very, to explain, yeah. I want to explain the flower because it's such a special one. So this is an oil extract of the, the plant, uh, that, uh, of a flower that blooms only at night. So, <laughs> you know, at our little logo, we've got that, um, solar eclipse happening, uh, and it feels like dark days, but this, this plant blooms in the evening. It's also really high in omega-6 fatty acids, uh, which those are, at, those are a type of uh, uh, like a, a fat that we need from our diet. We can't make it ourselves, and it's mm. important in metabolism. It is another phytomimicker of progesterone. Okay. Uh, you might be able to use it in combination with tr chase tree with some of those PMS symptoms, sleep, cramping, mood, night sweats, hot flashes, uh, even at that 10 year uh, prior to the last period. Uh, and the, it really kind of kind of funky, fun way of doing it, I learned from a naturopath, is uh, to cycle flaxseed oil and uh, evening primrose oil in an effort to try to make cycles regular. So, okay. uh, yeah. So the, a way to Day do more. that is, so a way to do that flaxseed oil, you can get either as a liquid or you can get as a capsule, same with evening primrose oil. It's generally easier to use these in the capsule form. And part of the reason for that is they're less likely to go bad or rancid. Okay. Uh, and it's really easy to take them with you when you go on the road, right? You can, they're easier to bring on the plane. And each capsule is generally a gram. So, uh, so that helps with your dosing a little bit rather than using a, using a, a bottle dropper. Okay. And uh, so you take the flax seed that, you know, remember you're, 
typical cycle is about 28 days. What we're trying to do is mimic a cycle. So you'll take that your flaxseed oil, one to two grams a day for days one through 14. And then days 15 through 28, you'll take evening primrose oil, which is more like progesterone, one to two grams. Uh, so this is a way of trying to get uh, kind of cycles back into control. I have to admit it's very weak uh, in, in its effect. It's, it doesn't work very, very often. I'd say even less than 50% of the time, but for people who can't take like hormones or birth control pills, it might be an option that ends up helping at least some of your PMS symptoms. If not, if it's not able to help control cycles, like uh, heavy mm. periods, for instance. Well, thank you um, for that. Very... Thank you for that disclaimer because I was like, we just spent a hell of a lot of time talking about that, and you're like, oh, it doesn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. So it might be a good one. It might be something to try because for some people it might work. Another okay. natural progesterone cream. Another natural way of getting hormones is progesterone cream, also wild yam cream. Those are phytoprogesterones that can Wait, help uh... those PMS symptoms as well. So clarify, wild yam cream is a natural progesterone cream. Right. Yes. Okay. Right. Sorry. It sounded like you were saying it was two different things. Okay. Perfect. Yes. So uh, they can help PMS symptoms, sleep, cramping, mood, night sweats, hot flashes. It comes in a tube. So it's a little bit harder to dose. It's not something you put in your mouth. So you're not putting the cream in your mouth. Thin skin? We're put. Yes, Becca, absolutely on thin skin. Oh Give me my medical degree because I am so right. good. <laughs> yeah, right. Yep. And it's funny the way it's dosed because it's uh, you like a lot of times when we write on a prescription for different kinds of creams, like if the doctor gives you a steroid cream, we say, Grant, put this many grams on your skin. Well, not a lot of us have a way to measure grams, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah. usually what, what you can, we'll do it in teaspoon amounts. So like a half teaspoon or a quarter teaspoon or a whole teaspoon. Okay. So typically it's about a half teaspoon and you can use it on days like 14 through 28. If you have a lot of PMS type symptoms, um, like trouble with night sweats and moodiness. Um, and that's commonly how I'll use natural progesterone. Excellent. Yeah. And I can get that over the counter. I don't need any kind of prescription can, for that. Yeah. You can get that over the counter. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. Excellent. So, Tell me more. Okay. This is a, I love this herb too, because uh, it's one that we start using kind of sometimes postmenopausal, but some people, women have issues, even premenopausal with uh, symptoms involving the bladder, uterus, vaginal dryness. Uh, so even symptoms like uh, having urinary frequency, this, uh, like, you know, at that, which means you just have to go pee all the time. Right? When we first you know, talked about this, I'm like, wait a minute, there's been something out there that I could have taken. <laughs> yeah, I, right. Swear to God, <laughs> yeah. It's awful. Right. Okay. Yeah. So it's a, it's an herbal that supports the bladder, uterus and vaginal tissues. And it's called... And it's seems to help vaginal lubrication drum roll that's my drum roll <laughs> it's called uva ursi what a cool name huh uva uva u r s i uva ursi right it sounds like a yes. constellation <laughs> oh my god look there's Ursa Major, Ursa Minor, and Uber Ursi. Yeah, it does. It goes into our constellation of symptoms. Symptoms. You know, where we like to, <laughs> right. Yes. Our usual dose is about 400 to 800 milligrams uh, a day. So, and how am I taking that? Is that a pill? That's a, it can be a pill. Yeah. It's a best, probably the easiest way to take it is a, it's, they're usually capsules. And when you look at them, they're capsules filled with like green stuff. So filled with herbs, yeah, ah, green or brown stuff. Yeah. It must be natural if it's green or brown. So yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Well, and the next one I wanted to make sure I mentioned is DHEA. So yeah, we, we talked, talked about that. about this a little bit. Yeah. So it's a supplement that you can get over the counter and it's a precursor to hormones, uh, to a lot of our other kinds of hormones. Uh, it's a, it's a direct precursor to, for instance, testosterone, estradiol, um, estriol. Uh, so, 
Um, so it can be helpful when people are, are lower on those hormones to, to give your body the precursor to those hormones. Okay. It might, unfortunately, taking it, it might suppress a little bit your ability to make progesterone and cortisol. So I, ah. I don't use it a lot, but you will find it recommended quite a bit. Um, so so just good to keep in mind that, that it, it's something that might be used, uh, probably not first line. Uh, and it is, it's, it is something that's considered often. Is that going to be one of those additional ingredients that I see when I look at the back of the bottle? Good point. Commonly it is. You're right. Yeah. Ding, ding. Okay. And then there's some that we, if you were Googling it, you'd find dong kwai and red clover. So those are ones that are typically in a combination. We consider them uh, herbals that can be helpful for menopause. And honestly, I haven't helped them, found them very helpful for any specific symptoms related to menopause. So, oh, you just, so you know, just to consider, because... I just want to mention them because they're going to be in there. They'll be in mixtures or you'll see them. Somebody might recommend. I, I noticed going into our, I don't know if it's like this with you in your health food store, but um, when you walk in, sometimes there's a, a person who all they do is the supplement uh, section and Ooh. they're there to help answer questions. Uh, so you, it might be that if you walk into like our natural grocers has just one person who all they do is supplements and they actually help get, help people find based on their symptoms, a certain herbal that might work for them. Wow. So I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that <clears throat> at least in Durango, Colorado. That's well, I haven't done a lot of herbal market shopping, but I believe oh. that if I went into <laughs> any, again, Suzanne and I both live in Colorado, cap, crunchy capital of the world where we love our natural stores and our mm-hmm. natural herbs and stuff. So yeah, I imagine if I looked into it, I'd find them. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And then another, we're just, we have tons of these herbal options, don't we? But another yeah. one I want to mention, which I think we might've mentioned in sleep is valerian root. Yes. Uh, it's very nice, relaxing herbal. Uh, so it can help anxiety. It can help sleep. You don't have to take it every day. Uh, you can just take it like if you're thinking, oh, tonight I really want to make sure I have a good night's sleep. You can just take it that one evening. The usual dose is 300 to 600 milligrams. So am I taking that in combination with something like melatonin to absolutely knock my ass out? Well, you want to try first one at a time. I'm a real big okay. advocate of that because, but you could take it in addition to melatonin and knock your ass off uh, okay. uh, for sure <laughs> or off or whatever. All right. So. What else? Give me more. Give me more. I, I kind of mentioned St. John's wort as one that's commonly found in interactions with medicines. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, we talked about, I talked about it being interacting, interacting with antidepressants. And that's, so that's also an herbal that could be useful if one of your big symptoms of menopause is mood related. You could actually benefit from St. John's wort. Uh, it's very useful for treating depression and helping those mood symptoms. Um and it, it would be better to be used every day rather than just as needed. So mm-hmm. just like we would use an antidepressant, usually we use those every day rather than just uh, like f- uh, 14 days out of the cycle or uh, on just days that you're feeling bad. So it and might help the... It's usually about 300 milligrams three times a day. So 900 milligrams total? 900 milligrams. And honestly, this is one that's been studied in real real, um, studies, going head-to-head with Prozac, for instance. Wow. And and it actually works really well. So so this is actually a nice potent herbal. And like I was saying, it helps with mental fogginess, can help with hot flashes. Remember in hot flashes, we talked about sometimes antidepressants we'll use. Uh, we'll use those for the hot flashes. Well, this is a St. John's wort, another one of those options. So it helps irritability. It might even help sleep. Yeah, but again, the, I think the heads up with the St. John's wort is if you're already taking antidepressant, don't take St. John's wort. Right. That's right. Talk to yeah, your provider. For, and, right. And again, I think one of those things is it's like... I think people compartmentalize their healthcare and it's mm-hmm. like, I see my GP for things that get prescribed and I go to the health food store for things that I don't need a prescription for. And I have a, I have a feeling that we kind of have this idea that uh, one lives in one category and one lives in the other category and never the twain shall meet. And I think that's just mm-hmm. a mistake because everything that goes into your body has the potential to react together. So right. 
tell your healthcare provider for the love of God, if you're taking any of these, mm-hmm. as you've knocked off your list of items here, I, mm-hmm. it sounds like, okay. Cause I love that you've gone through these and the, and how many symptoms they can take care of. So I, it sounds like I should run to my local herb store, fill up the cart with each of these. Cause in my <laughs> constellation of symptoms, <laughs> I could have taken all these and wiped them out. Right. Good idea. So put some, get <laughs> yeah. some valerian root, get some evening primrose and some black right. cohosh and load them up. Right. Is that? Whoa, 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 Becca. <laughs> More Remember, is better. I'm an American. Like, I know. More is better. <laughs> I know we do in America. We do like, we think, okay, these were recommended. I'm going to try them all. That way I really get rid of my symptoms. I'd say it's best to try one at a time because that way you'll know which one has helped you the most. Uh, and it might be that just with one of those options, you might have control of mo- a lot of your symptoms. So, so first, just give it a try doing one at a time. And then maybe if you're like, well, I really need to use evening primrose oil and chase tree together, then you, then, you, know, then, then you can. One at a time at first. Less is more. God, less is more. Who are you? <laughs> more is more. Okay. Right. Yeah. And 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 I think next we're going to kind of talk about uh, some of our supple- like uh, kind of vitamins and su- other supplements yeah. that are good for support because this is kind of a stressful time for your body. You want to make sure you're getting all the vitamins, minerals, foods that you need because that's going to help you with this transition. And so, but I want to emphasize, even though we're talking about supplements, that 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 your diet is what's is very very important. So a diet full of unprocessed homemade foods, if you can do it, rich in fiber and vegetables, it's the best way to support your body at that time, at this time. So so a little extra help from some supplements sometimes can be helpful though, because gosh, we're busy. Sometimes it's hard to make homemade food, run to the farmer's market, make sure it's all organic. So especially if you live in a food desert or, you know, yeah, job. Yeah. So true. (laughs) Exactly. That is so, so true. So these are some that are recommended. Um, I think that they're really good for, for health and wellness in general, especially as we get older. So we're going to talk about those. Can we talk about probiotics? Yes. I love oh my God. probiotics. Yeah, okay, you're right. So if you have the internet, you know that all the problems in the world can be solved by taking a probiotic to, quote, cure your diseased gut biome. I swear to God, who knew that the answer to all of my health problems was taking a probiotic? Right. I mean, we should all be guzzling probiotic multiple times a day, right? Because we're all fundamentally broken in our guts, Right. 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 It's interesting to have you say that because I have been recommending probiotics for at least a decade or more. And, uh, and it, you know, I think you're right. I, I didn't realize it's probably is something that more and more people are realizing is very important. Um, and just remember that like most of your poop, and it might be shocking to know, is made up of bacteria and viruses. Like about 40% of what you poop is bacteria and viruses, not just that's, the food that you eat. Is that amazing? Che- it is. But, and I found out that that's how they check for COVID in a lot of municipalities. Uh, yeah. Is they check that's the sewage right. system for COVID right. virus. Yep. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Wow. So we have, we, there's a lot of things happening in there. It's like a zoo. Apps in your in your With large no cages. intestine. No cages. There's a party. There's a back a microbiotic uh, party happening. So we know to keep our microbiome healthy. It helps our digestive function. It also helps absorption of nutrition, and so it helps our immune systems in functioning properly. Keep in mind, also remember each time that you take an antibiotic that you're killing off some of your beneficial bacteria in your entire body, which makes you prone to diarrhea, C. difficile infections, vaginal yeast infections, thrush. So we're always trying to find this happy balance between all that, all these organisms that are living in us. We're a host to all these, these uh, bacteria and viruses and, and, and yeast too. And, uh, and our food sources, antibiotics and, um, Sometimes we need to supplement them. Remember also that that in the United States, if you eat a lot of meat, you might be also getting antibiotics that you didn't realize that you were getting because some of those those uh, the livestock is treated with uh, antibiotics, and these can get excreted into the meat or into dairy products that we're eating. 
So it might be beneficial to take a gram or two of probiotics. A couple strains that have been proven to be beneficial are lactobacillus and bifidobactam, and those can those can be useful. The a brand I think I mentioned it before is Pharmax. They they have excellent probiotics, um, and so, so that's that's what I would recommend if you okay, can get you, a hold of them. You know, I'm like a child, right? So you said bifidobactam, and I'm like, <gasps> it's like a Harry Potter spell. I don't know what should happen after that, but (laughs) sorry. Focus, Becca. Focus. Alec is you love the food back. Dibbity doppity do. Yes. Yes. All right. So I also I do want to I do want to say to the record though. I mean, again, your body is built with lots of. You you are not broken inside, and taking Mm -hmm. a bunch of probiotics is not going to be your requirement to live your best life. It is a recommendation. It is not, mm-hmm. a, you know, contrary to what some popular magazine and bloggers might say, you are not broken inside. Well, and I and I want to mention also one thing, uh, prebiotics, because you'll hear about that a lot too. People, you, If you've heard probiotics, you probably hear prebiotics. And that's what is certain foods that actually promote growth of the bacteria in your own colon. And that's basically foods that are high in fiber. So foods that are high in fiber, like plant foods, are also very good prebiotics. So good to keep that in mind. There you go with your whole plant thing. Here I go with my plant plant soapbox. Uh, (laughs) So vitamin B. So that's another thing I think is good to take. There's a few different kinds of vitamin B, but good as we get older to take a B complex. Vitamin B is kind of, they're water soluble, which means they get cooked out of food easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and they that's we definitely lose our ability as we get older to absorb B12. This is commonly known even in allopathic medicine. That's why sometimes people need vitamin B12 shots oh, oh, uh, uh-huh. as they get older. Yeah. So, and part of that is because B12 is absorbed in our, in our gut, in the, the uh, small intestine. There's a special intrinsic protein that we need, intrinsic factor that we need uh, made in our, our stomachs, which sometimes get inflamed and diseased as we get older, that, we, that works with the B12 to help it get absorbed. So it does help if you just add B-complex as an oral supplement. Uh, Sometimes people end up needing it as an injection, but if you add 1,000 micrograms, so that's less, those are smaller than a milligram, Mm -hmm. of B12, it could be helpful for nerves, your metabolism, building muscle too. And a deficiency of B12 uh, can give you dementia or issues with memory, also peripheral neuropathy, so that's numbness in your fingers and toes okay. and issues with poor balance. So it's actually a really important vitamin. Um, it'd be it's hard to know when you're deficient in it. It can be tested for in blood tests if you need to. And I think it's really important uh, as you get older, especially if you're over fifty anyhow. But you can't go over, right? It's like, woo, she OD'd on vitamin B. Right. You can't actually, this is one because it's water soluble. You really can't get a B12, uh, overdose. More, so more. the other, other supplements I like are omega three and six. Those are ones that are essential fatty acids, which means that we don't make them. We can't metabolize them. We have to get them in our diet. Okay. So, and they're, they're, they're ones that we need in order to function and, and build nerves and, and healthy tissue. So um, a good source I really like is flaxseed oil. Uh, It's usually one to two grams a day. It might end up helping cholesterol uh, a little bit, uh, and it's really good for your nerves uh, as well. And it's probably best to you to take it as a capsule, like I was describing earlier, because it's uh, it's not doesn't get rancid. It's easier to travel with too. You know, you keep saying travel and Suzanne, like, like everybody's on the road traveling, which I think is really precious of you. Um, Because there's those of us, it's like, I ain't left my city in uh, four years. But you know, when you're traveling, when you're on your way to Europe, (laughs) when you're going to the the continent. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> having my having my uh oils go rancid is like the last <laughs> yeah all right fair <laughs> enough fair enough well i, I love... figured if your job took you places or yeah i, I just love your first, right. our first world problems here <laughs> yes <laughs> true <laughs> all right let's talk about vitamin d it's it's really important and okay so here's why i bring this up because if I'm reading the modern media correctly, we are all suffering from a lack of vitamin D because no one is allowed to expose their skin to the sun for more than 12 seconds a day. Right. Mm, right. <laughs> I mean, so funny story and just shows how sometimes things really get lost uh, intergenerationally. So uh, I work from home and one beautiful day I've been at my computer all day. I'm, I was going to go. Uh, sunny outside and I'm like oh I'm gonna go outside and I'm headed outside and my son and my daughter were in the kitchen and they said where are you going and I said I'm going outside to get some big d (laughs) (laughs) they looked at me like I was fucking nuts I go oh my god and they go what'd you say (laughs) and I said I'm going outside to get some big d <laughs> I I swear to God, and and they're still looking at me. Their mouths are flying open, and I'm and I go, "What is your problem?" They're <laughs> they looking go, around the yard. Who's this go, dude standing behind the tree, <laughs> behind the bush? <laughs> they go, "Mama, don't ever say that." And I'm like, "Big D, vitamin D. I'm gonna go out and get some important <laughs> vitamin D." And like, That's not what that means. And I said, "Of course it is. That's why I said it." And they go. That's not what that means, Mama. What else could it be? <laughs> oh my God, I'm such a moron. Oh my goodness. What else I know. could it we're be? Not, we're not thinking about D's very much anymore, are we? Well, well, no, I think about it plenty, but I don't think about it as I'm heading out onto my patio, like you said. Plus, I'm a grown ass oh, adult, and if I want to go out and get some big D on a patio, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you live? <laughs> oh, okay. So, so. I like your neighborhood. It's Peyton Place. <laughs> I just walk outside if I want some big D. Which is sunshine. Here, boys. Here, boys. <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about now, you pervert. Big D is vitamin D that I get from yeah. sun exposure. I will All not. Right. I will not accept any other definitions for it. Okay? All right, here we go. Let's talk about. Vitamin Big D, <laughs> vitamin D3. <laughs> we need, we definitely need to be talking about it because that's one of those things that is uh, important for bone metabolism, right? <laughs> and we we talk about that a little bit more in our next uh, in some next episodes of our podcast about. Did you just uh, say bone about metabolism? Bone, bone metabolism. Your bones are always working, believe it or not. They're kind of sinks of calcium. Like, uh, so whenever your body needs calcium for good nerve, uh, for good nerve function. And if it doesn't have it and can't find it in the bloodstream, it'll take it from your bones. Um, and so it's actually kind of a nice storage place for calcium. Uh, so in order to keep your bones strong, you need vitamin D and especially vitamin D3 because it's very well absorbed. So vitamin D2 is one that's typically more plant-based. Vitamin D3 is more animal-based. So like fish oils have a vitamin D3. Um, okay, so and- let me just let me just let me just stop the train right here because we're talking about regular vitamin D, vitamin D2, vitamin D3, mm-hmm. and okay. they are completely different. And mm. but I need them all. Is that what I hear you saying? No, no, no. So you really only need vitamin D3. Oh, okay. Uh, And your body will convert uh, D3, 25-hydroxylase, in your liver, and then it will convert it into its active form in the kidney. And so there, you might have heard a lot about D3 because it's such a complicated way that we absorb it and metabolize it into its active form. So there's a lot of different places that things can go wrong. Uh, one of them is when it's being absorbed from the intestines, it might not be absorbed very well. And that ha- that's sometimes because of um, kind of in- it gut inflammation a little bit. Uh, or some people who have issues with liver disease or kidney disease don't make vitamin D. Uh, they can't convert it into its active form. 
So, so those are, those are sometimes the reasons why as we get older, vitamin D gets to be a more and more issue. And it's very important for good brain health, you know, and of course, as we get older, we're very interested in making sure that we're, where our memories are staying good, our brains are staying sharp. Uh, so keeping your, keeping your, yourself up on vitamin D is important. Um, D3. Yeah. So D3, the best, most, the easiest absorbed form uh, it's recommended by the FDA to just take a thousand IUs, but but a day. But it actually, because a lot of us are lower in vitamin D three, taking four to five thousand IUs a day is a is a great idea. Uh, and that's usually you. It is one that you can overdo. You can overdo vitamin D three, and and it results in high calcium levels. And that's when you're taking like 10,000 units or above daily oh, yeah. over a prolonged period of time. So four to five is usually okay. Um, and okay. like I said, it's really important for your bones. It's important for your body to be able to absorb calcium and it really helps your brain health. So, so the takeaway take. is get your D. Get your D. Get your big <laughs> D. Every day, get your big D. okay then we're gonna move on we're just gonna well that was really that was the best one that was the best one but and i thought i was saving the best for last by saying magnesium but i think maybe vitamin d3 one out there uh (laughs) i really love magnesium i i recommend it at all ages of life typically uh because it's so useful for so many different things uh, and I think the reason why it's useful is because we tend not to get enough of it in our diet. So magnesium uh, is a mineral that you get in green leafy plants. Mm-hmm. And I don't think a lot of us get a lot of that. I mean, think about when the last time was that you ate a significant amount of green leafy plants like spinach. Yesterday. Kale. Yesterday. Good Thank for you, you Becca. Yeah. Yay, don't you try to, yay, don't you yay, try yay. to veggie shame me. <laughs> <laughs> yay. That's great. And, you know, I think we're probably, as humans, supposed to be eating green leafy plants all the time, just now, you know, picking the, them and eating them. The time before yesterday was about six weeks ago, but nobody's counting that. <laughs> you must have read ahead. You must have read read the notes for this, uh, this podcast. <laughs> Magnesium is beneficial for constipation, which is something that happens when we get older or when we travel. <laughs> so taking extra magnesium can be helpful. <laughs> It, magnesium also helps promote sleep, and it also helps muscles and bone health. It can help prevent migraines. So if you have a tendency towards that, taking some extra magnesium will, might help. And it helps muscle cramping, and also it's extremely good for cramping during periods. Ooh. So yeah, so sometimes when I have women at all ages of life who have really a lot of cramping that day before the day of their the first day of their period, I'll recommend that they take magnesium and you could just take it then only you don't have to take it every day. Cool. So the usual dose to start with is about 200 to 250 milligrams. If you take higher than that, it might give you diarrhea. So good to start lower. This and not good when you're traveling. Less is more. <laughs> Diarrhea when you're traveling is not good, exactly. <laughs> um, the best form, there's a couple forms out there that are in pill form, is magnesium oxide. It seems to cause less issue with diarrhea. Huh. Uh, and that's rather than magnesium oxalate that you might find in the in the supplements. Yeah, wow. So, I mean, I'm, I'm so really that, thinking those are that magnesium... What I can think of. Magnesium is going to supplant probiotics as the, like, the it vitamin. Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I mean, it's kind of a, like a calcium, it's kind of like iron, uh, in the kind of, in the way that it functions in, at the cellular level. I don't know if I mentioned it also helps blood pressure. So people who have issues with high blood pressure might benefit from taking some extra magnesium. We use magnesium IV in women who are having, uh, issues with blood pressure while they're delivering babies. So oh. we do know that it works really well for, for, um, kind of, relaxing the vasculature and um and it also helps uh um all these other things like constipation that we talked about and it's really good for bone health and muscles 
Magnesium, the new miracle cure. Okay, throw everything yeah, out we, and just take magnesium. Yeah, we named it here. Yeah, here you <laughs> Yeah, go. you heard it here first. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> All right, so we've talked about a million and five different things we can take, but let me ask you this question, because this is one of those ones that I get very confused because there's, it's like the paradox of choice, right? There's so many and I don't want to do anything wrong. But we, you talked earlier about this concept of coenzymes and do any of these to be effective have to be taken with something else? Let me give you an example. So turmeric, again, I think clearly magnesium is going to supplant turmeric as a the miracle drug du jour. But turmeric, apparently, if you don't take it with black pepper, it, it's not absorbed and you might as well have just like thrown it away. So is there anything on this list that in order to be its most effective has to be taken in conjunction with something else for bioavailability? Um, you know, not necessarily. So I prefer trying to use them uh, individually in order to see if they help. I don't think you need to take a black pepper with your turmeric, for instance. Uh-huh. The internet said. Yeah. <laughs> may, it may be that K2 is helpful for vitamin D absorption somewhat. That would be the only one that I might say is a, is useful. Yeah. Okay. So, so the, the short answer is no, no not worries. really. The short answer is no. Yeah. And that those are all the supplements I can think of. We, uh, the supplements and vitamins that I can think of. Jeez Louise. All right. Well, let me, this has been a ton. So let me just wrap this up. And what we're going to do is here's the deal is as you're waiting to see your healthcare professional, you don't have to suffer. There are herbs that have been used for millennia to help women mm -hmm. during their perimenopausal transition. There are tons and tons and tons. A couple of the most important takeaways that we have to have is that as you're looking at the bottle, you have to look for the standardized extract because you don't want junk and fillers and all other things. You want what you're buying. So standardized extract is really important. There are a number of different herbs available, but honestly, try to take one at a time. Don't, don't just fill your cart and take 500 herbs because that way you don't know what works. Then lastly, there are a number of, of uh, vitamins and minerals and <laughs> probiotics, of course, which can also support a lot of the issues that you may be having when it comes to your perimenopausal symptoms. As usual, we will put every single thing we referenced today, including the big D, on the website <laughs> so that you can see how, what did we talk about, how many milligrams did we talk about, and all of those things. Suzanne, did I miss anything? No, I think that that's good. And and good that we have that website for you to look at the notes and you can go over and decide which one you want to start with. Perfect. All right. So preview into our next episode. You've been waiting long enough for it. We talk about it in every single episode. The next episode that we have is going to be, again, along the line of treatments. And we are going to talk about acupuncture. Yay, finally. <laughs> We have a we have a, a preeminent acupuncturist that is joining us to talk about all things acupuncture and how this treatment option can work into your perimenopausal symptoms, the relief of your symptoms, and just really um, add to your overall health and sense of well-being. If you would like to visit our website where reference materials and links to other podcasts are held, please visit us at www.theperimenopodcast.com. If you have questions, comments, thoughts for another episode, please feel free to send us an email at theperimenopodcast at gmail.com. Find more episodes wherever you get your favorite podcast please do us a favor. If this information has been helpful for you, please like us, write a review if you're so inclined, and most importantly, share this podcast with another sister so she can be informed too.